Dawn Ennis. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. And welcome to the Transporter Room. This week, Charlie Martin joins us from the UK, our first international guest. She is a trans- Our first motorsports guest. I and our first motorsports guest. She's a, a, a driver. She is an athlete. She is a... Uh, how else to describe her? She's a champion. Yes, she is. And we're going to try and get her a seat at Le Mans next year. <laughs> I would love to go to Le Mans. I'd love to see the French drive around in circles. <laughs> hey, it's the tw- It is the 24 hours. It is one of the great events in motorsport. Oh, Le Mans is the one where they drive through the streets? Well, sort of. It is public road. It is partially, Circuit de la Sarthe is partially public road. Wow, that's scary. And I, there's a big, and there's like a big carnival right next to it. You see, Carly, I'm a Florida girl, so I've been to Daytona lots of times. Yeah. And watching those drivers go around, that's one of my thrills. I wanted to be a race car driver when I was little. Really? Yes, I did. And then my father decided to call me Crash Ennis, so I think that dream has fallen apart. Because <laughs> I have a lot of car accidents in my history, so let's not go there. Let's talk, oh. let's talk about some sad news. I know. The world of science fiction lost two fine representatives, losing Re- René Abergenois. And from deep, recently of Deep Space Nine. And also Boston Legal and Benson. He was in a lot of movies. He was in Batman Forever. He was in a lot of films. Um, the other thing that um, broke my heart was to hear that DC Fontana died. Yeah, back on December 2nd. So many episodes. Charlie X. Tomorrow is Yesterday. This Side of Paradise. Friday's Child. Journey to Babel. By any other name. The Ultimate Computer. The Enterprise Incident. That Which Survives. The Way to Eden. And then there was the animated series. And even the pilot and so many other episodes of The Next Generation. She was one of the greatest writers of Star Trek and uh, the original classic show. And one of the first prominent women writers on television as well. And her name, D.C. Fontana, was because she didn't think a a female name would actually get her any business. So she used her initials instead. And that is, I mean, that's a big thing. But also, I mean, as as the great work that Rene has done, I will always remember him as Clayton Endicott. (laughs) The frenemy of Benson Dubois. Yeah, that was a great show. (laughs) Yes, it was. So let's talk now. We have the honor, the rare privilege of speaking to somebody in the UK. We've never done that before. Yeah, it's our first international guest. Nine episodes in, we're now branching around the world. Yes. Let's set our coordinates for just north of London, about an hour north to the Midlands. Let's beam up Charlie Martin. Welcome to the Transporter Room. Having me on the show, joining you from sunny England. I'm really fangirling right now. This is, I mean, for me, first off, being a petrol head and being a lifelong motorsports fan and a motorsports journalist for a good deal of my career is just, I've followed your story for a number of years. It's great to see you still at it and still pitching and this and some of the most recent things you've done and also the way you're speaking out and using motorsports as a platform. I mean, for me, it just it just gets me right in the fields. It's just great to have you on the show. Tell us about Rainbow Laces. Tell us about how that worked out for you and how you participated in Rainbow Laces. Well, um, this year, uh, Rainbow Laces has been uh, really even more special for me than normal because it's... Uh, Part of the well, really kicked it off with Stonewall launching their sports champions uh, role model. Well, a sports champion role model um, sort of huge campaign of, of people from a variety of sports who who are LGBT 
who are really acting and using their platforms to yeah to create LGBT awareness and visibility and uh, in each of their sports. So that was amazing to be part of the launch this year. And uh, there's been some incredible things happening for Rainbow Laces. Just uh, literally just this weekend, just gone, um, Coca-Cola and the Premier League launched a massive campaign supporting Stonewall and the Rainbow Laces that went out across all of the um, all of the teams playing in the Premier League, running these. Uh, you can see me, of course, on video, but I've got a, a, a map that came up today, so I'm just going to pick it up and show you quickly. Well, put it on our so, Facebook page if you can send send it to me or show me where it is on the internet. I'll send you. Yeah, so this is the um, these maps that, that they've done in partnership between Stonewall and Coca-Cola to uh, anyone who can't see it. It's a beautiful pride themed. Matt, which uh, yeah, they've used that all the stadiums this weekend. So it's been a great bit of activation to really just reinforce the whole Rainbow Laces campaign into people's minds and <laughs> remind people why it's so important and why sport is an amazing thing to bring us all together. So uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Good question. Well, one thing I happened to check out while, while doing the research is, so tell me, how good a racing student student was Jamie Redknapp? I'm just wondering, how good a student was he? Yeah, he was very good, actually. Yeah, I mean, I guess obviously being a being an ex professional footballer, he's got good hand and eye coordination, and he uh, he was he picked it up very quickly because drifting is quite a unique thing to try and do if you've never done it before. And so, uh, you know, he was very much thrown in at the deep end and he, he picked it up pretty well. Yeah, surprised. Are you a fan of the uh, movies, the uh, Fast and Furious movies? Because I love those films. Uh, I've seen, I've only, I think I've only seen one of them, if I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, because how many films are there now? They're like eight or nine. I, mm-hmm. I've lost track. I've lost track. I just love watching racing. And um, like I said at the beginning, I, I wanted to do this when I was little, but um, I crashed too much. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> a friend of mine told me that after I transitioned that I was giving women drivers a bad name and that they wished I had not transitioned. Whoa, really? <laughs> See, that I didn't know. Well, um, Let's take a look. So what is the plan for, I mean, looking ahead to the 2020 season for you, what's in the plans for you as far as getting getting back on the track? How's it looking? Um, well, yeah, at the moment, I've um, I've got a series lined up that I want to race in. Uh, I've not said what it is yet. It's an endurance racing series. And um, I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to announce that fairly soon would, in the new year. Would you do me a favor? Would you say it again? Only because my big dog uh, decided to shake her collar. And all we're going to hear is her shaking her collar. So would you mind saying that again? Yeah, so I'm planning to race in an endurance racing series next year. I've not announced what that series is yet. But um, hopefully I'll be, I'll be bringing that news pretty soon in the new year. So I'm just trying to get everything sorted. Speaking to partners you know trying to get the commercial support that i need to make that happen you know it's for any driver it's always it's always a you know big part of what we do is is trying to make everything come together and trying to you know what people tend to see is the tip of the iceberg it's all those amazing moments on social media but uh, there's a lot of hard work that goes into making any racing season happen so that's currently what i'm 
engaged in and uh so yeah i'm looking looking for obviously support from the sponsors i work with currently like ngk spark plugs and tech tree and uh possibly some new people coming on board as well to make that all happen so uh yeah i hope i hope to be, be able to announce that soon but it probably won't be before christmas looking back at looking back at last season lmp3 lamar cup competition last year um Simply put, um, I mean, for you, what was your biggest high and your what was your biggest high and your biggest low and your biggest takeaway from last season? My biggest high was absolutely the first race, going out on Paul Ricard, at, you know, and what has been a, a, a big step up for me this year to race in in a series like Le Mans Cup, to race for the first time in an LMP3 car. I'd only done two tests in the car, and uh, so not not much testing at all, and to get well to qualify as in fourth place at the first race at Paul Ricard was amazing and then to finish in fourth as well just one place shy of the podium was fantastic and wow. I think it really it really meant a lot to me to be able to step up to that level and to be able to uh, you know to finish so highly so that was a yeah that was the proudest moment by by, by a long way um, in terms of the, the not so great moments well um, you know, it was frustrating to, to miss out on the road to Le Mans race. And, um, I, I mean, you know, again, that's just, I guess, a, a sign of what it's like to compete in professional motorsport. It's difficult, you know, you have to raise a lot of money to make that happen. And unfortunately, uh, you know, I had some, it wasn't a smooth ride this year and a few people let me down. And yeah, it's just, that, that was you know, I've learned from that, learned a lot of lessons and moving forwards really it's just about building a solid platform for next season and going out there and getting some good results and showing well, just what I just what I can do in a race car really. What a great attitude. I've gotta say, what we face here in the US in terms of transphobes and turfs and haters is it just pales in comparison to what you're going through in England, in the UK. It seems that even the uh, majority of the media is just dead set against the transgender experience. I was wondering if you could comment on that and also tell us a little bit about your transition story for those who don't know. Well, I mean, I think it's it's unfortunate that elements of the media don't really, to my mind, don't have uh, the full grasp of how damaging and how dangerous it can be to the trans community in terms of some of the headlines and the stories that go out in the, in the press because you've got to remember that uh, as i'm sure each of us is well aware but to a lot of people they might have never knowingly met a trans person they might have never had any real direct first-hand experience of what it's like to be transgender in the uk or in the us so really their their opinions and their understanding is so heavily influenced by what they see read and read in the in the media so unfortunately when journalists and I'm not saying this is all journalists because I've had some, you know, I've had some fantastic support in the media, and I think that there's some, there's some really good journalism that happens. But I think, unfortunately, there's there's also some journalists who, who write articles who don't do proper research, who don't meet trans people, and it seems to my mind it's very, you know, it's awful to think that people would write an article about people without actually meeting any of those people and speaking to them. So, ultimately, that's something that I'm really actively engaged in by trying to uh, 
working with All About Trans and, you know, hopefully working more closely with journalists to try and improve the way that uh, certain people write stories so that, you know, we have just, I guess it's the, the media accepting the responsibility and, you know, just being very proactive about writing stories that are factually correct and don't cause more transphobia in, in the general public. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to do my part and use my platform in motorsport to, to enable that and to empower trans lives and to educate people who uh, who've never met trans people before you know I mean ultimately it's that that education is what increases empathy and that empathy is what leads to real change in society I like to say that you haven't met a trans person that you know of <laughs> because a lot of us you especially blend right in well that's the reality isn't it I mean I, I you know I'm, I'm sure I meet people every day who probably don't realize I'm trans so it's and I'm sure that's true for a lot of people in public. They just, they, they probably have met trans people. They just didn't really, you know, they didn't realize at the time. And uh, I, when I think of all the people that I've met over the last seven years, um, when I've turned around today, you know, I'm trans or whatever, and I've had a conversation with them about what it's like to go through transition and the, the fears that, that, that affects us all and the things that we, we have to deal with people come away and they're like wow i never realized that it was so hard and you know good luck to you for being who you you know for being the person you were born to be the point i'm making is it's always a positive experience and that versus somebody reading a really horrible transphobic headline in a paper well you know if you could choose the interaction that people are going to have then i'd say well i'd rather meet someone first hand and explain to them but the reality is like you know you can't do that can you, you can't you can't walk around in life just going telling everybody you meet oh by the way i'm trans i'm trans <laughs> you know it's like it's exhausting so so the media really has a big responsibility to play in i think in educating people and um and being you know responsible journalism basically well i can tell you this much i think that we should just take what you just said Put that on like a jump drive and send it to Pierce Morgan over at Good Morning Britain. He kind of needs to hear that. I mean, for yourself, what what was the take a, take us back to? I remember the story: up and coming up and coming race driver trying to break into the sport. Where was the moment where where the light bulb came on and said, "I can't race well if I can't race authentically"? For you, what was that moment where you said, "I have to be who I was born to be"? before I can really move forward in this game? I, I think that when I was racing prior to transition, I, I probably didn't fully... I, I didn't grasp the effect it was having on me on so many levels, on racing, on, on so many aspects of who I am in my life. And, you know, I could never really fully grasp what it was going to be like, the difference it was going to make to me in terms of my performance and my ability to, to focus until I actually committed to transition and went through it. Because then, obviously, hindsight is a beautiful thing. And and I I found pretty quickly that actually the, the self-belief and the confidence that I gained through transition and through living authentically as my true self was absolutely critical in terms of unlocking my performance as a driver, my 
ability to speak clearly about who I am and how I feel about, you know, so many things. Uh, and I, I suppose it was probably about, it was probably coming into my second year post-transition because I, I took a year off to, well, I, I gave up motorsport, frankly, and I kind of walked away at one point because I just couldn't see that I had a future. And then I went back, and I think it was really towards the end of that first year, things were starting to get a bit easier, and then it was the second year I went back, 2014, that things really started to change, and I really started to just, yeah, just push myself harder, push the car harder, believe in myself, and, and my results suddenly started to change. I, I went to France, did my first ever French race, and I finished first by quite a long way and break the class record and uh, and it was amazing because I'd never I'd never won anything so emphatically in my entire career up to that point and I was like wow I, you know I surprised myself completely um, and, and that was just that point was so pivotal for me because I came away and I said right next year I'm going to go and I'm going to race in France for the whole championship and Everybody was like, that's a crazy idea. How are you going to do that? What if you crash? What if this? What if that? Well, you know, you're still working in the UK. How? And I was like, well, I, I don't know. I just know I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's going to be amazing. Like, don't doubt me. Like, if I don't doubt me, why are you doubting me? <laughs> it's just something in my gut and my intuition told me that this is what you have to go and do. And lo and behold, it was the best thing I ever did. And you won as you, which is the most amazing thing in the world. I remember getting hired as me, getting my first byline as me. It, uh -huh. it, changed, it changed my world. I, I want to ask you, in addition to being a role model for LGBT athletes and, and drivers and people in, involved in the racing industry, you must also be a, a role model for girls and women who would like to follow in your footsteps. It's funny, really, because I guess I just go about my life and I just try to be me and the, be the best person, that, the best version of me that I can be. And if, if I can inspire other people through doing that, then I, I feel really lucky that I can. You know, it's... Uh, I, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, not necessarily finding these questions like this easy to answer, but it's, it's really just... You know, we're all we're all capable of being you know, we're all capable of doing amazing things. And I think one of the biggest things that holds us back is is ultimately ourselves, you know, it's fear of failing. True. Very true. Uh, you know, whoever we are, whatever our circumstances in life, it's just reaching that or at least in terms of my own experience, it was just reaching that breakthrough moment that pushes you past that tipping point when you're like you suddenly realise that you did something amazing that you didn't think you were capable of doing and you surprise yourself and then you just from there on in you start taking chances you start maybe taking a few risks and you just start living authentically and without fear and that's a great moment well i can tell you it was a it was seeing you getting back into the cockpit that led me to like started entering a ra entering races as myself again because I'm I'm a triathlete really? and a marathoner. And I <laughs> and I've also taken a couple turns on the shifter cart. So 
I've actually been on the track in anger a few times. And no, no, your example was a big inspiration for for me. Um, but I want to take it. I want. I want to take it a little bit back. Coming up and growing up back in Leicester, where you were born. At growing up when you were a kid, if you had a racing hero, who were they? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one for me to answer because I, I, I don't know. I mean, when I was really, really young, I didn't really, I didn't really have any role models when I was growing up. It's kind of sad to say, uh-huh. uh, and I try and think back and think, oh, you know, I should have somebody. Because but the truth is, I didn't because I, I, I couldn't see anybody that I really identified with. You know, I, I saw, I saw, I don't know, women in like maybe some characters in films, but they weren't like, they were, they were in films, you know, they yeah. the same. someone I could look to and think, oh, you know, because as well, I think a lot of, sure we have, we have characters in films now that break down gender stereotypes, but back then, uh, you know, the, the type of, we didn't really have kind of kick-ass women in films, you know? Uh, Heart like a wheel. I remember that one. Well, yeah. And uh, see, that's one thing we got to get Charlie in a room with three people I've interviewed in my life. <laughs> I've interviewed Shirley Muldowney, uh-huh. Lynn St. James, and Janet Guthrie. Okay. And now there's a fourth one. She's in Britain. I, if I can find her, if we, if I find her, I want to interview her. Divina Gallica, I want to interview her. <laughs> I do. Because she actually she won a race. Event. What? She was at an event. She was at. Um... Uh, w Series, uh, the final at Brands Hatch. I didn't get to speak to her. Oh, oh. And, yeah, she's pretty awesome. I mean, I mean, that's not to say that any of those women couldn't have been my role models growing up. It's probably just that I didn't, I didn't actually know a lot about motorsport and motorsport history because I suppose like my dad was into racing a little bit, but I lost my dad when I was eleven, oh, so I'm I didn't sorry. Really have anyone kind of, you know, educating me about motorsport growing up. But I suppose if I'm honest, my earliest person I looked up to in motorsport was probably Derek Bell. Oh, okay. Who, Good um, one. Who, yeah, I mean, and as someone I actually met him about um, pre-transition, I probably met him in like, I don't know, 2009 or something, 2010. And he was at a hill climb, a very famous hill climb in England called Shelsley Walsh. And, uh, and yeah, I, I went up to him, I got him to sign my helmet, and ah. I chatted to him, he was a really lovely guy, and he was asking me all about my racing, and what I want to do, and um, it was awesome, yeah, he was, he, was, he was probably the closest thing I had to someone that I looked up to in my sport, I guess, you know, driving those Porsche 917s in, in Le Mans in the 70s, just crazy. So can we have a little girl talk here? Just the three of us. Uh, you know, we'll keep it just between us and yeah. all the listeners. Um, I could listen to you talk all day. And because we're using Skype, we get to actually look at you, even <laughs> though all we've seen before are just still pictures. And my friend, you are so gorgeous. Your voice is velvet. You have beautiful, your makeup's on fleek. And you just have such a beautiful smile. And I'm just curious Tell me how you achieve this level of transition success. Because I don't think passing is a requirement. There are lots of us who will never have that opportunity to pass. But both Carly and I have worked on our voices. Both of us have done our best to, you know, 
to look better. Not because we want people to accept us because of that, because we want to feel better. We want to look in the mirror and see the woman that we know we are. How did you achieve that? I worked on my voice really, really early on before I started transition because I knew that it would make life... I used to speak a lot on the phone during my job. And I was on the phone. I mean, I'd be on the phone all day to, to, new, to people who would just call out. So I knew that it would it was a it was good practice to just talk to people all the time, and I and I just knew it would it would make life easy for me, I suppose. And I used to be really good at impressions when I was growing up. <laughs> that's like, that's so I true. Was, Mimicry is really important. Yeah. Okay. What impression? Yeah. I gotta know. When... Oh, well, I can't. The thing is, I can't really do any of them now because like, <laughs> your voice has changed. <laughs> what well, well, I, I could do, but I like I used to do. Oh my god! Okay, I used to do a really good Arnie and things like that, but I just I can't. You know, I can't do Arnie justice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but characters, of course, you know, like all the Simpsons and things like that. And I suppose I just thought, well, if I can do all of these voices quite well, then I must be able to. Yeah, I must be able to figure out how to feminize my voice. Um, I mean, when I hear my voice back, I don't. I still think my voice sounds quite low and whatever else. But it's, you know, it feels like my voice. I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Um, I don't know really. I just, I just channel my kind of, maybe a bit of my mum, perhaps. I don't know. Um, I mean. It's it's like an ongoing thing as well sometimes because I know when I was really early in transition and I was very much like I think I was trying to be a lot more feminine than I am now. I can go to an event and be like, oh, I'm gonna wear you know I, I you know I like going to a fancy event and I'll wear a dress and really dress up a bit nice, but so much of the time especially right now in the winter, I'm just wearing like a jeans and t-shirt a lot of the time, but it's like, I guess I just feel comfortable in terms of who I am. It's, yeah, that's kind of me really. <laughs> I you never thought... You gorgeous, you ladies are gorgeous. Thank you. Uh, hey. Why don't I get you everywhere? Hey, no. Well, I can tell you, I never really thought I'd hear Derek Bell and Unfleck in the same sentence. <laughs> I just never, I just never thought you're on flat with multiple Lamont 24-hour winner and multiple World Endurance champion. Uh, we're gonna take a break, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because you just heard that sound, we're gonna take a little bit of a break here. We've got Charlie Martin. You're in the transporter room. Stay with we'll be us. Back. And we're back in the transporter room with Charlie Martin. Charlie, what I had said before that you are just a vision. You are gorgeous. Is that something that you were able to achieve because of hormones, because of surgery? Tell us your secret. Um, well, I suppose my secret, although it's not a secret, because it's, it's kind of, you know, it's something I've spoken about um, quite a bit. And, uh, and actually, especially since this year, I've started working um, with facial team to, you know, to ultimately just promote the work, the incredible work that they're doing. And uh, so, yeah, I had FFS with facial team back in, uh, I think it was 2013, maybe. Um, and it was a really, you know, it was a really game-changing experience for me because I, uh, I'd always felt that that was something I was going to need to do. And, and, yeah, it made a big difference to me in terms of how I, how I 
how people reacted to me ultimately I, I like you know as you're saying passing isn't the be all and end all it's not like it's you know ultimately we we know who we are as, as trans whether you're you know male to female or female to male as, tra- as a trans person it's not all about passing privilege but ultimately I knew that for me that this could make a big big difference to my self-confidence and and so I went and did a bit of research and I uh, I went along to a consultation that facial team were doing in London and I met some really lovely people from facial team and I also met some people who had surgery with them and I was just really blown away at how how natural they looked as well actually because I think that's one of the things that was really important to me was that I, I any surgery that I had I wanted it to look natural and I I just had an amazing experience with them over in Marbella and all the people that work with them are just incredible. Uh, I had Dr. Capitan, Dr. Simon, just, yeah, they really changed my life and I, I can't thank them enough. So I'm, I'm proud to be to be working with them and to uh, have their logo on my helmet and my race suit. And uh, yeah, I, just, I, I know they're, they're passionate about helping people and changing people's lives in, in ways and helping them live as their true authentic selves. So. Yeah. You've had an opportunity to like to show that face face as a broadcaster, no less. <gasps> talk about talk about the e-racing series you've been doing a little bit of commentating for. Um, kind of like what's the talent field looking like? What's next? And also, does this mean that you may that you may be the next Murray Walker if this racing thing doesn't pan out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's been amazing to to work with Forza RC with the. Um, the Invitational series that they run, and uh, to be a, to be a part of that, to be a part of the talent and sports casting team has been um, my first visit over to LA a couple of months ago, and uh, so I was working with the whole the whole team there with Ali Tack, and um, he and I were were literally calling the calling the show uh, in terms of like the actual racing as it happened, which was a new experience for me, something like, something I'd not done before. But I absolutely loved it. I mean, it's funny because I grew up playing racing games on computers. And, and I, I, you know, Forza was one of the games that I played on the Xbox. And so to, to then go and get into racing, uh, you know, physical racing on a track, and then to find my way back into into racing in the form of esports was was you know it was a nice kind of segue to feel like you've come full circle and it's been amazing working with the whole team there like everybody was lovely the drivers i'm so impressed by the level of racing actually and, and getting to really learn about all the drivers their backstories the teams which has been a new format this year to have the drivers like three drivers in a team and a coach so that's made things really interesting, and it's brought in a lot of strategy as well to how they perform and the cars they pick. So I've enjoyed every moment, and I'm I'm really hoping that uh, I can do more with the with the Forza RC team really. And it was great, of course, to be over in LA, you know, getting a bit of sunshine the last couple of months. So that's been um, yeah, been a, been a nice break from the cold, cold, frosty UK. 
Oh, I, I love L.A. I used to live out there. Now, I heard you talk before about football, which we call soccer, unfortunately. So I assume that based on my cousin's experience and felt them, um, football is pretty much religion out there uh, where you are. Are there any other sports? Uh, are, are, is gaming still something of interest to you? Uh, what other sports besides auto racing are you into? Um, yeah, I mean, certainly sports is something that I'd really love to do more in. And I'm really, uh, yeah, I've, I, you know, I've loved my, my kind of foray into esports this year. So that's something I'd like to do more of in 2020. And in other sports, I mean, I'll be honest and I'll say I've, I've never really been somebody to follow sports particularly wildly um, on, in terms of watching it on television and things. I, I guess I've just come to the conclusion that I'm quite a doer. I like to I like to be doing stuff. So for me, uh, the sports that I love most are surfing and snowboarding, which unfortunately I don't get to do very often because of where I live. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I love I love running. Running uh, is something that really saved me actually in the early days of transition, and really helped me get through some quite difficult times. And now I'm really into trail running. So I, uh, I I love you know just running trails. There's not so many where I live again, but it's just it's great. So that means you have to get in your car and drive somewhere. But uh, yeah, like, just running to me is like a form of meditation. Um, something something very unique that I don't get from. Well, I get it from surfing a bit, but I, I don't get so I had to drive a long way to get surfing. <laughs> so so yeah, and I, and I work I go to the gym as well. Well, I can agree with you on running because running is what re- running is where I go and think about. Okay, what do I want to do with my transition next? And you know, doing six miles or a half marathon, you can th- you can strategize a lot in thirteen point one miles. Um, now, <laughs> you get a lot of time to think, right? <laughs> yeah, you do get a lot of time to think. Hey, I can ahead. think on the couch. I think on the couch all the time. <laughs> yeah, we know. But <laughs> well, we're going to get you off the couch this year and do a 5K. We're going we're gonna to make her move her butt this uh, year. I like my butt big the way it is. <laughs> well, one thing, well, one thing since, since you mentioned Forza, I play that too. Yeah, I'm a gamer. Uh, what's your car on Forza? What's your go-to car on Forza? What is your go-to vehicle? Gosh, okay. Um, well, I mean, I, I do love... Um, I, I love the kind of, you know, racing cars, certainly, sort of as opposed to street cars, I tend to be, uh, you know, more into the, the racing cars. I mean, the, to be honest, there, there were so many of them to choose from. I, when I was over working on the, uh, on the land final, uh, a lot of amazing Lamborghinis. So oh. I quite, quite like the, wow. uh, quite like my the heart. trofeos. And, um, I don't know. You got me on the spot there. How about you? What's your favorite car? What's mine? Okay, well, I've got two because I actually because not only do I have I driven them on the game, I've driven them in real life. The Ferrari 450 80 Italia. Oh. And I have video of this. <laughs> I will throw it on Twitter. I have vid- and the Lamborghini Gallardo. Oh wow! And like I said, I have video of me doing it. I did it. I did it at um, Las Vegas Speedway a couple of years ago, and I just loved it. Okay. Now, I want to extrapolate that actually go to ahead. the real world. You go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say. Now, I want, to, I, want to, I want to extrapolate this one to the real world. Okay, let's say you get a phone call, and you get, you get a phone call. Say it's like Eddie Jordan calls you and says, Miss Martin, we've got, full, we've got sponsorship from Mermaids and Elf Aquitaine. We're going to have, Mel, we're going to have Mermaids livery all over the car. 
any series you want, any race you want, but you pick the vehicle. What vehicle would you drive? I think she what lost her accent take? halfway through. That. <laughs> what would you take? Well, I, I used to be able to do a good Eddie Jordan. I can't anymore. <laughs> Since transition, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, that's a good question. So any car, what is, I mean, all right. Any, any racing vehicle. And it's got to be for any, a racing series. Any, any racing vehicle? Well, I mean, I'd love to to drive an LMP2 car, that would be phenomenal. Um, so something like that. But I'm really, t- I'd love to try a GT3 car as well because I think GT, yeah, modern GT racing is some of the best racing out there. And something like I don't know, like a, one of the BMWs or um, like the M6. It's pretty awesome. I don't know. Tricky, tricky one, isn't it? There's so much to choose from. Um, <laughs> I, I'd love to, yeah, I, I think an LMP2 car, just because the downforce and something like that. I mean, if you, if, if I was going to be greedy and say an LMP1 car, I mean, that, the Porsche 919, um, <laughs> the, the tribute car that they did, that Timo Bernhard took around the Nürburgring. I mean, you watch that video. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like you can speed it up, right? I but did see it. that video. Yeah. All right, I have two follow-ups. One five, is, what's your daily driver? Mini John Cooper works. Why does that not surprise me? And have you, <laughs> have you had any speeding tickets? Uh, whatever. Yeah, um, let's just say, since you became a professional racer. Because <laughs> I would think that'd be pretty funny if a uh, a uh, Bobby pulled you over, said that you had uh, sp- be speeding, and then they recognized you as a race car driver. It it, it would it would and, and assuming assuming that I actually hadn't hadn't done anything wrong or something. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a very, I'm a very I'm a very responsible driver on the road, so uh, I'm happy to say that I have a completely clean license and. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I guess it's one of those things when, especially circuit racing, you know, you, you go so quickly and you drive the car on and beyond the limit of grip and you just, you can't, you know, it's such a different way of driving to how you drive on the road that it's, you know, when I drive on the road, I'm very responsible and yeah, I mean, I love the Mini because it's a great little car. It's really nippy. And, and it's a lot of fun to drive, but you you know you don't have to drive it like it's fun to drive at any speed. So you don't you know you don't have to drive it like um you know like you're on a racetrack to enjoy it. Oh, See the mini, <laughs> I love the mini. I I run, one, I run in one once, and it was a lot of fun. And my kids were like, "Slow down, Dad! You're going too fast." Because <laughs> again, I have this reputation. But um, yeah, we know you hit stuff. Uh, no, <laughs> you, no, no, I, I, stuff hits me. No, you hit stuff. Stuff just jumps out and at me as I'm of, driving. And speaking of things that are going to be hitting the new Star Wars film coming up A week? next week. Yeah, next week. I mean, it start, it's going to be, it's going to drop worldwide and you had told us, hey, you had told us in like the pre-interview, hey, you're, you're a bit of a Star Wars fan. So you look, so tell me, what are you looking forward to the most of what looks to be the end of the saga? Well, the Skywalker saga. There'll still be more Star Wars movies. Well, perhaps. If this thing hits, I I I love 
Star Wars so much. I mean, I guess it's one of my childhood films, really, and I don't know, it's just something about it. It's it's such a feel-good film, isn't it? You know, yeah. you hear the Star Wars theme, you cannot help but kind of get a bit excited. And I... I mean, I, I've seen all the last ones on the cinema and I, I really enjoyed them. I, did, I didn't, you know, the, the sort of first, the first three that came out mm-hmm. that, that were, you know, I, I wasn't so, I wasn't such a crazy fan of those, but then the, the, the latest ones, I just think are epic. That's um, so cool. I'm, I'm really excited about it. There's a few films I want to see at the moment. I want to see Le Mans, is it Le Mans 66 or Porsche? Uh, Ford, Ford, Ford versus Ferrari. Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari. It's got different names in different countries. Yeah, that's right. It probably gave, has a different in Europe, name. they gave it a different name. Yeah, uh, I want to see that. I want to see Star Wars. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, I can it, tell you, it, I saw Le Mans 66. It was good. Oh, she saw Ford versus Ferrari or Le Mans 66. I saw it. I saw Le Mans 66. It was really good. Was it? I mean, and I'll admit, love racing films, so... Love racing films and also having and also knowing the history of the story and interviewed some of the people who have been in who are behind the story in my career. I, I mean, just, I it was like... really well done. It was really yeah. well done. If you like racing, you'll enjoy it. If you want to really learn a very definitive part of the history of motorsport, it's a good film to watch. It wasn't rush good, but it was real. Rush it was, was Grand movie. Prix good. See, I love racing movies and I love racing shows. And unfortunately, when I was a kid, instead of watching adult racing shows, I was watching Herbie, the love bug, <laughs> you know? And that, that was my introduction to racing. And don't knock it. I'm, I'm not knocking it. I like the love bug. And um, I love watching the shows like... Um, uh, what's the British show that's the import where they drive Which around? Which one? The one where they all drive around in crazy cars and they race each other. Uh, wacky races? Not wacky races. <laughs> the one that's on the BBC America. Uh, I didn't know there they, was... And it had a big controversy because the host was fired. Oh, and they... Top Gear. Oh, no, Top Gear. Top Gear. So, yeah, Top Gear. So I'm a big fan of Wheeler's Dealers and Top Gear. Mm. Those are like my favorite shows. But I don't know how to change the oil in my car, but that doesn't mean I don't love racing and driving. <laughs> I, w- I worked with Mike Brewer at a show uh, this summer. Is it Mike Brewer or Wheeler Dealers? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I met him, um, Tiffany Dell. Uh, we were working. Tiffany Dell. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a that's a favorite. He is a favorite of mine. Getting to meet him was was huge for me. Well, this has been a thrill for us. And like I said, I could just listen to you talk all day. I love the British accent. I love your voice, and I love what you've done with your um, world in terms of being someone who's living proud and living out. And, you know, I got to say, taking the time you did today is going to mean a lot to a lot of people. Um, I appreciate you doing that for us. And uh, we'll send you a link when it's uh, all up on the website. Yeah, we want to know when you, when you make the announcement of, of what your plans for the 2020 season are. We want to know. We want to know because I'll tell you what, I, wanna, I will hop a transatlantic flight and be there. I want. To, I drive there, but I don't think it's possible. I want. No, I want to have a big Union Jack with "Go Charlie" on it. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's not me. I'm Irish. I can't do that. But Charlie, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me on. You're both doing, you know, amazing things for the community by giving people a voice and doing this show. So. <laughs> You should be very proud, too. Thank you. We are. All right, setting coordinates for the Midlands. Take care, Charlie. Go, Charlie. We'll see you on the track this season. Go, this Charlie. Season. Thanks, ladies. Wow. I, 
hearing her voice. I, I, I'm, I am absolutely fangirling right now. For me, this is huge. A, a racing hero who's also who's also one of the people. I yeah. mean, that's, I mean. She's just gorgeous. I mean, I think she could, like, convince me that maybe, you know, you know bisexuality is my thing. I don't know. Oh, would you stop? <laughs> stop. She's, she's hot. Stop. She's so stop. hot. Okay, she's She not, is gorgeous. She's too young for me. She is gorgeous. She's but way too young no, for me. No, no, she's 39. Okay, we shouldn't <laughs> should mix business with pleasure, okay? But the, no, but the whole thing is it was, I mean, for me, this was huge. Because yeah. for me, it was huge as motorsport. Because there's been... There's been a couple of stories similar to this in racing in the pa- in the past. There was a couple of Ameri- there was a couple of racers in the United States who also transitioned who also transitioned during their during trying to climb up the ladder and they never got a nibble. I think afterwards. it's been such a macho sport. Our racing of all the sports is the most macho. I mean, football maybe, but really. it, well, definitely. But you know, there have been women who broke who have broken the mold. Shirley Muldowning in drag racing, mm-hmm. Michelle Mouton in in the World Rally Championship. Uh, I mean, Devana Gallica, who is the only who is the only woman to win a Formula One spec race ever. Granted, it was a non championship race, but she won it. I mean, Leila Lombardi, who is the only woman to to score a World Championship point in Formula One. Lynn St. James and Janet Guthrie, Janet Guthrie, and some and people some more recent vintage like uh, like a Tina Gordon, Chrissy Wallace. More recently, there's a lot. Of, but to see Charlie go through what she went through, go through a transition, and then come back and put on Namex again, and put on a helmet again, and, and get out there and and get out there and really do it because she was living her true self. She was exactly. being authentic. You know, by the way, speaking of gorgeous, your hair is so perfect. I Thank just you. love it. I am so jealous. I just had it done. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Designs by Shalon did my hair. Shalon Smith oh, yeah. is a is a local stylist here in Connecticut and she's all and she has also done a lot of work with the com- with the community. She mm-hmm. has made it a point that that hey, hey, I accept you. I love you. I want you to look your best. She does. She does natural hair. And she does wig reconditioning. Mm-hmm. She's done a lot. She does a lot of great things. So I'm more than happy to be a walking billboard for for what she does. If you're gonna give a shout out, I have to give a shout out to mine. Otherwise, she'll be upset. Gina at Alta is my stylist, and she's wonderful. Oh, I know about Gina. Gina is fabulous, and I love especially with hair like mine. Hair. Thank yes. you so much. All right, the Mutual Admiration Society is over. This has been the Transporter Room. We'll see you again next week. And we are looking for more information from you. Get on our Facebook page, The yes. Transporter Room. Tell us what you think of the show. Tell us what you'd like to hear. And tell us who you'd like to bring. Tell us who would you like to see on our show. Who would you like us to bring on to talk to? Well, you can't see it, but you could hear it. Yes. <laughs> but the thing is, this is I mean, Maybe this is something video This version. is something yeah, this is something we do for this is something we do for the people. This is not about ourselves. This is for you. It's your show. So who do you want us to talk to? Who would you be interested in, in hearing from? We want to bring them on. So hey, send your ideas, send your notes and quotes and comments. That's right. I'm Dawn Ennis. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. Study as she goes, Mr. Sulu. <laughs>